we all know that the, uh, the baby lying in the manger had a name, Jesus. And it's an incredibly significant name. Right? I mean, there's, there's no other name like it, the Bible says. But did you know that thousands of years before he was born, thousands of years before he was given that name, he was actually given several other names. Call them middle names, call them surnames, even call them nicknames if you want to. But in Isaiah 9, God gives us four different titles, four different names for Jesus that tell us a lot about who he is and what he came to do. Look at these verses with me, Isaiah 9, 2, and 6, and 7. The people who walked in darkness, they've seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. All of us have a name, right? But I bet that all of us also have several other names. See, my family calls me Tom, but everybody else knows me as Thomas. My friends call me T-Fizzy, because I'm about as gangster as a suburban upper middle class white guy can get. Some in the church call me Pastor T. My kids call me Daddy, and my wife calls me, well, that's just between us. But we all have different, extra other names, don't we? And all of those names matter. And all of them mean something. And what's true for us is also true for Jesus. One of his names is Wonderful Counselor. See, Jesus is the wisdom of God. And in a world well, where all of us need help and guidance and assistance and counsel at, at one point or another for one thing or another, Jesus is the one whose understanding of things goes way beyond our understanding of things. His understanding of life and death and heaven and hell and everything in between, it goes way beyond our understanding. He knows it all because he created it all and he actually walked through it all. His other name is Mighty God. See, Jesus is not just the wisdom of God, but he's the power of God. That little baby in that bassinet, he's actually the one that imagined up the sunset. He is the creator of the cosmos. He's the God who is above all other gods. But he, he's chosen to package his power for you in a very personal way because he wants to help you and not harm you. And so he comes like that. And that leads us to his third name, Everlasting Father. Yes, Jesus is God's son, but he actually wants us to know and feel and embrace the love of the Father. He proves to us that God doesn't want us to relate to him or see him as a judge or an angry lawgiver. He doesn't want us to see him in an impersonal way as some owner, employer, even a long-lost relative. He wants us to see him as father, as faithful, fun, forgiving, forever father. And tonight I want to share with you just a few thoughts on that fourth and final name on Isaiah's list, the name Prince of Peace. One day a guy was playing golf with a few of his friends when the phone rang. Honey, where are you? Asked the woman on the other line. Well, I'm at the golf course with the guys. What's up, babe? Well, she said, you know that, you know that puppy that she said we shouldn't get for the, for the kids? Well, he's on sale, and he's so cute, and I just think we should get the puppy for the kids for Christmas. What do you think? Well, there was a long pause, followed by, okay, go ahead. Go ahead and get the puppy. Really, the woman said? Oh, you're the best. She assumed he must be having a really good round of golf, so she kept going. And you know, you know that diamond ring I looked at at the mall? She wouldn't know it. It's on sale too. What do you say, babe? 
It would prove to all my girlfriends just how much you love me. Again, a long pause. Okay, get that one too. He said, why not? It's Christmas, babe. You deserve it. Well, the woman couldn't believe her ears, so she decided to go for broke. And sweetheart, you know that house? Yeah, that house we've been looking at. I drove by it today. There's a sign out front. It's for sale. I talked to the lady. What do you think? Maybe I know it's way out of our price range, but it would mean so much to me. Again, he interrupts her. Babe, nothing's too much for my love. Merry Christmas. Make it happen, darling. And he hangs up the phone with the biggest smile on his face. Then he turns to his friend and said, hey, man, here's your phone. I think your wife just called. <laughs> Be careful who you play golf with, right? Be careful who you play golf with. Well, they say Christmas is the most wonderful time of year, and that's especially true for that woman in the story. But they also say Christmas can be one of the most chaotic and stressful times in the year. Ask the husband in that story. From finding a few presents to visiting the parents, from the holiday work parties to those few extra pounds, Christmas can be a chaotic time, can't it? And Mary, the mother of Jesus, she knew that feeling. I loved our skit so much tonight because it, it spoke to the madness and the mess that Mary probably felt herself, the first Mary, the original Mary. I mean, think about this scene with me. A poor, illiterate virgin teenage girl from some backwoods town tells her fiancé she has been visited by an angelic being who said that she would be miraculously impregnated by an invisible spirit and this illegitimate baby is going to eventually rule and reign over all the earth. Come again? Angels coming to earth? Virgins coming to full term? Babies coming to power? Foreigners coming to visit? Prophecies coming to fruition? This is crazy. This is chaotic. And yet despite all of that, despite all of the pandemonium, peace, peace is a huge theme at the first Christmas. We see and hear about it at the manger. We also see and hear about it throughout the entire ministry of Jesus. The angels proclaim peace at his birth. Luke 2, 14, glory to God in the heavenly heights. Peace, peace to all men and women on earth who please him. Jesus proclaimed peace throughout his life, especially in John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you, he says. My peace I give to you. And one of the very names of Jesus Possibly his favorite nickname of all time, as foretold by Isaiah, is Prince of Peace. You find peace everywhere in the life of Jesus. So how come we don't find it anywhere in our lives? I'm not sure if you've noticed this or not, but peace is in short supply in our world right now. From weapons to wars, from terrorist groups to terrible storms, our world is in a constant state of conflict. And it's not just out there, right? Some hypothetical, theoretical understanding of it. It's right here. It's in here. From unemployment to cancer to broken marriages, peace is hard to find. I even skipped over uh, the front page of the paper recently in an attempt to avoid more bad news, went to the sports section. Well, wouldn't you know it, on the front cover of the sports section, the leading story was player who poked another player in the eye and got suspended for it. Darn. Guess I'll go to the comics. So, so what are we supposed to do with Jesus' promise to bring peace into our lives? What are we supposed to do with this promise to bring peace into our world? Was he lying? I mean, was he like an average politician who kind of promised one thing but was unable to deliver? Or better yet, was he like that short little guy in The Princess Bride? Or the guy that kept saying, inconceivable, 
his friend looks at him and says, you keep using that word, but I do not think that word means what you think it means. Is that what we do with Jesus when he says peace? Well, I think the answer boils down to one simple truth, and this is what I want to leave you with tonight. You can't have the peace of God until you have peace with God. You can't have the peace of God until you have peace with God. Now, the word typically used for peace throughout the Bible is this word shalom. One Jewish scholar defined it this way. Shalom was a sense of well-being and harmony both within and without. Health, welfare, safety, soundness, prosperity, fullness, harmony, the absence of agitation, a state of calm without anxiety or stress. Who doesn't that sound good? Shalom, yes, please, I'll take two. Right? But here's the thing. You can't have that. You can't have the peace of God until you have experienced peace with God. You can't have all those other things in your life until you first have him in your life. And we all want peace, peace in the world, peace in the economy, peace in our relationships. But that proclamation of peace that was made at the very first Christmas, it shows us peace has to start in our heart. Peace has to start at an individual level between God and me. And then it will overflow into every other relationship. We assume peace on earth will mean peace for me. No, peace for you will actually bring about peace on earth. One author said it this way, we all want peace, but we don't want the prince. But that's a problem, you see, because one comes with the other, and you have to connect yourself to the one in order to experience the other. Now, I'm not talking foolishness. We all know this to be true. This happens in other relationships. When you're at odds with your spouse, tell me stuff at work just is kind of off. When you get that seething email from your employer, tell me things at home aren't just a little bit off. When you watch your team throw away two second-half leads at the end of the season, tell me the rest of your day isn't just a little bit off. Right? Tell me. When you're at odds with one relationship, it tends to bleed over and bleed out into other relationships. Well, I'll take it to a much larger level. If you are off with God, if things are off between you and God, if there's discord and disharmony in that relationship, I can guarantee you it's going to affect all other relationships. He is the prince of peace, which means he's the starting point for peace. I had a guy once tell me, my therapist said the best way to achieve peace is to finish what I started. So for today, I finished two bags of chips, a chocolate cake, and a six-pack of soda. And she was right. I feel better already. See, no, the peace that we need, the peace that we long for, the peace that we wish we had, the peace we were created to enjoy and experience, it's not found in some product. It's not found in some procedure, some pill, some political party. It's found in a person. One person can give you that. Look at this, Roman, Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through, through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God because of Jesus. That's why he came. If we could have figured out how to have shalom on our own, I'm sure the Lord would have stayed happily in heaven. I'm sure he would have avoided all the mess of the manger and all the chaos of the cross, but we needed him to come. We needed him to come. He came because our lives were filled with discord. He came because our relationships were filled with disagreements. He came because our world, even our hearts, were filled with dissension. He came to bring peace. He came because he's the only one who can bring peace. He came because he had to do something nobody else could do. And he did it in a way you would have never expected. It reminds me of this clip right here. Watch this. We end tonight with another encounter between law enforcement officers and the public. 
Steve Hartman shows us how it all went down on the road. Earlier this month, in Kansas City, Missouri, the Jackson County Sheriff's Department was out looking for people. And when they spotted a subject, they went after him in a sting operation, the likes of which this country has never seen. Hello, ma'am. Your vehicle was targeted. What do you mean? Oh, my gosh. Okay. What made this operation especially unusual was the man behind it. Good morning. A fellow in a red hat known to these men only as Secret Santa. We got a mission today to go out and do random acts of kindness. Every year, this anonymous, wealthy businessman gives out about $100,000 worth of $100 bills to random strangers. But, but this year, instead of doing it all himself, he deputized these deputies to give away much of it. Okay, let's start with 1000 And so, armed to the teeth with Benjamins, the officers went out to do Santa's bidding. On a red and color Chevy Cavalier. They specifically went after people they thought would appreciate it most. Cars driving while dented or out on Bondo were likely targets. Merry Christmas. You're kidding. See that? Yes. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> Most people okay. weren't just blown away. Thank you okay. so much. Most people were brought to tears. Would that make your day better? <laughs> Their reactions, a combination of really needing the money. Are you serious right now? And being caught so off guard. Hello. He just looked straight at me and turned around and pulled me over with no car. Hold on. How you doing, ma'am? I'm good until you pulled me over. Okay. Well, on behalf of Secret Santa, he wants you to have this. Okay? Jessica Rodriguez, a mother of three, told the deputy he saved her Christmas. I wasn't going to be able to give my kids anything. Well, I hope you maybe get your kids something with as always, moments like that are the main mission here. All right, you have a good holiday season. But this year, Secret okay. Santa also had a secret agenda. What do you want the officers to get out of this? Joy. You know, as tough as they are, they have hearts that are bigger than the world. Let's face it, it hasn't been a good year for law enforcement. Copy, thank you. But for the vast majority of decent officers who will never make headlines, Secret Santa offered this gift. Appreciate it, man. That help out? A chance to be the bearer of good news for a change. Congratulations. A chance to really help the homeless. To thank the law abiders. To see hands up in celebration and then be assaulted in the best possible way. There were a lot of hugs. Our body cameras took a real beating. But it was worth it. Just to see people trust again and to see cops You're welcome. surrender. You have a good holiday. What a great video. I love that one part, that one woman in particular. The cop asks, how you doing today, ma'am? Fine till you pulled me over. But think about it, it's like, how am I doing? How do you think I'm doing? You're a cop, so I'm about to get a ticket. My rates are gonna go up, about to get some points on my license. I'm great, thanks for asking, how you doing? But isn't that exactly how we are with God? We assume that all he wants to do is yell at us. All he wants to do is punish us. All he wants to do is express his frustration and disappointment with us. Oh, great. Here comes God. I was fine till you pulled me over. And that's why I love Christmas, you guys. That's why I love what God did in this moment. Because when he came to this earth, he didn't roll up in a cop car with his lights on. He didn't come in a limousine with an entourage. He didn't come as a general leading an army. He came as a baby. He came in a relational way. He came in a peaceful way because he wants you to know him. 
And he wants you to have an experience which you can only have an experience through him. Peace. If he wanted to stress you out, if he wanted to call you out, if he wanted to push you out, he wouldn't have come like that. He came like that to seek you out. He came like that to help you out. You see, he came to the earth for us and experienced life just like us to show us just how much he loves us and to give his peace to us. And is this, that, that clip, I mean, if cops and common folk, folks who are normally at odds with one another, if they can have peace together because one man with great wealth shared a hundred bucks and, and told you Merry Christmas, how much more should we have peace with God and with each other because one man gave up all of his wealth, even his life, and told us far more than just Merry Christmas. He told us he loves us and will do anything for us. See, when you have peace with God, when you know that, when you trust that, when you believe in that, when you have peace with God, you know that even if people, even when people walk away from you or walk out on you, he never will. When you have peace with God, you know that even though your health or your marriage or your body, although it might fall apart, his promises and his plans for you, they never will. When you have peace with God, even though you know and see that companies and nations and households, even though they might crumble and fall, his ability to work out all things for good will never fall. When you have peace with God, you know that even though you will face obstacles that might wear you out, his power in you to help you overcome those things never will wear out. Shalom, it's possible. It's yours for the taking. But you got to have a relationship with the Son. Shalom comes through the sun. Think about this. On the very first Christmas, Mary and Joseph, they're, just, they're going from house to house looking for somewhere to stay, but no one's going to let them in. No one's willing to open up and invite Jesus in. And on that fateful night in Bethlehem, tons of people missed out on this amazing opportunity to experience Jesus because they refused to open up their, high, their, their life and open up their heart. When you say it together, it's hyph. <laughs> I just found that out. But you see, they refused to connect to Jesus on this personal level. And so of all the people who could have experienced peace on that night, a few random shepherds who should have been worried about their flocks, a few random kings who should have been worried about their kingdoms, and a few new parents who should have been worried about everything, they enjoy this amazing moment of peace. Everything was chaotic around them. Everything was crazy. But those six or seven or eight or ten people at that manger scene, they had this amazing moment of peace. Why? Because they made room for the prince. Because they gave their lives to the prince. So my prayer, my hope for you this Christmas is that the words of Romans 15, 13 would ring true in your hearts. These are the words. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Is there pandemonium in your life right now? Did someone answer your phone and send your life into a crazy tailspin? If you open up your life to the Prince of Peace, he will show you, as his name suggests, that his peace is infinitely greater than your pandemonium. Let me pray that will be true. we got a great song that kind of drills that message home. God, we thank you that you are an amazing God, a loving God, a peaceful God, and we ask that you will help us all to have peace with you. Our world and our hearts and our homes and our lives are chaotic and all over the place, and we just ask that you will bring peace to those places. And we know that you can do that, God, and you will do that because you brought Jesus to this place. So help us to invite him in, to welcome him in, 
And we pray that we will get to know him by name and that that name will be Prince of Peace. That no matter what's happening around us or even in us, even to us, that we will know and experience your peace. Make it so this holiday season and every season. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.